Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Look at the right. over the shoulder. I don't even know what that is. Is that a security camera that I like brought along with <laughs> I think me? So, oh man, that's impressive. Welcome back to uh, episode two of Hunter Podcast, and um, maybe I don't know the, our favorite state to uh, to ever hunt in uh, and discuss. You know, call it the Sunflower State, call it Land of Oz, Land of Giants. It's Kansas. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I think in in today's podcast, Jared and I are going to talk a little bit about our history with Kansas. Um, in particular, even this last season and, and some of our ups and downs and, uh, you know, kind of keeping on the, the same track as last year, you know, new or last show, new slate, um, for us to really attack here in 2021. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of expectations for Kansas 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, Kansas Kansas is like our gateway drug to uh, Midwestern whitetails. Probably it's it's one of the first and only. I'm gonna actually take these headphones. Off. I'm gonna go headphoneless. Cool, do it. It's not helping me at all. However you feel. But um, yeah, it's kind of our our gateway drug to Midwestern whitetails in the sense that you've been hunting there for quite some time. And mm-hmm. aside from my family farm um, in Ohio, it's it's been my first experience to that and so a gateway in the sense that now i think this year we're jumping into three or four other states but it all started with kansas well i mean let's let's gonna go through a little bit of history here um you know and i'll i'll start i i started hunting kansas for the first time in 2013 um first i guess out of state hunt uh for me at that time, I was living in Missouri, so I was I was in the Midwest. You know, I was I was hunting big deer. I'd killed, you know, 125 inch deer with my bow, um, but that trip was kind of my first experience to number one hunt uh, a place like Kansas. How'd you get to? Who invited you to Kansas for the first time? It was Marcus. You know, it was the first time that I met um, our buddy Marcus out there. Which you know, now we're going on year number eight. You met Marcus at trade show. Uh, not even, it was when, um, when I started doing buck score app, Mm -hmm. um, we had run a a national deer contest with, uh, outdoor channel at the time. And, you know, we basically had put out there to say, you know, Jeremy can't score all these deer, right? We had thousands of deer coming in from all across the country that we were scoring for this, this big contest and all these prizes and giveaways. And so Marcus was one of the people who said, you know, hey, like I'll take the test, you know, validate that I'm a I'm an official scorer, buck score, you know, and I'll help you score all these deer. Uh, which in retrospect, I'm not sure was the smartest thing that we could have done. Now knowing Marcus, I guess you were we, taking anybody at the time. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. were pretty damn desperate. So, um, but it was it was funny because you know he basically said, hey, listen, you live in Columbia, Missouri. You know, you're four hours from me. Like I'll set you up. Come hunt Kansas, and it mm-hmm. was the first time, you know, I had ever even considered like traveling out of state to hunt, you know, and I you, basically you said you were living in Missouri at the time. Yeah. I always hunted whatever state I was in. You know, I just moved from Mississippi, which was a whole experience in itself living down South. Now I'm in Missouri, which, you know, for a Pennsylvania kid was like, all right, it's the Midwest. Like there are big bucks and there were, um, so I guess my expectations for a state like Kansas were kind of, I don't know, n- not necessarily that it caught me off guard, but I was extremely surprised because here I had thought I'd been already hunting the Midwest, like the the Mecca of whitetail, 
But when you step foot in Kansas, it's a whole different ball game. It's pretty different. How far was that from where you were living at the time? Four hours, you know. Wow, that's um, it. Yeah, and so because Marcus is from southeastern Kansas, southeastern, yeah, we're about an hour hour east of Wichita is where now we have leases and and have been hunting, and that's where I killed, um, I guess the famous oh God I livered him buck Mm -hmm. right, (laughs) you know, um, but it's one of those things. Which by the way, I do want to see. I I don't know even if we have the ability to pull it up or if that's going to mess with what's on our screen. But at some at some point, that's on the that's on the Hunter YouTube channel. So if you can pull it up and. We'll mess with that at some yeah, point. Yeah, so we'll try to get it pulled up, but if anybody want to watch. But that was the first buck that you, that was the first year you were hunting out there? Yeah, first year, first morning. Literally, I rolled in the night before. In Marcus's favorite spot. Mar- the only spot, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this is the first time I've met Marcus, too, right? So walk into the house, there's giant bucks everywhere. So it's like, okay, this guy's legit. Now, given, you know, anybody. Well, not the first time you met Marcus. Yeah. Well, he had volunteered for the. I'd never met him in person. Okay. So it's literally, my wife's like, so where are you going? I'm like, Kansas. Like, little Some guy invited me to come hunt. He's got a spot. (laughs) She's like, how do you know this guy? I'm like, oh, you know, he, like, scores deer for us. And it's like, really? Like, you're just going to go stay with him? I'm like, yeah. He said, come home. Like, well, he lives in Kansas, so yes. (laughs) So, um, and and that was, to be honest, that was my first experience um, with draw hunts as well. Mm. Right? Because, you know, everywhere I had hunted, I just bought bought a tag over so the kansas counter. has been a draw as long as you've been hunting there. as long as i've been there now back in 2013 you know i think it was almost 100 percent guarantee for yeah. bow at least um you know now we know that it's not like that it's a good disclaimer for archery for archery yeah but you know at that point in time he's like yeah listen if you put in you're gonna get drawn for this unit yeah um so yeah so i drove drove down there um i don't know it was november 6th i drove down um, he had been sending me trail camera pictures of just a stud 10 point, And it basically had owned this area. And Marcus had already killed a pretty good buck earlier in the season there. So when did you go up? Was this like a October, November hunt? Yeah. So it was, it was November, November 6th, 7th was when I was hunting. Right. So we went there to the six, checked the cameras and everything. You know, uh, we literally walked behind a house, 250 yards. And it was kind of like, all right, this is where we're hunting. Like this, this is Kansas. I mean, there's miles of pasture and crops and river bottoms. And I just walked like 250 yards behind his aunt's old house. And he's like, yeah, no, this seems like Marcus's kind of spot. Yeah. This is a spot. I was like, okay, cool, man. Like this sounds great. Were you hunting a corn pile that day? Yeah. I'm hunting a corn pile, which Which is big in Kansas. I mean, dude, there's a few States and Kansas is one of them where those, at least the residents are ride or die by a corn pile. And, and you know, in retrospect, that may have been the first time I ever hunted over bait, because mm-hmm. um, every other state that I had lived in, it was illegal. It's illegal hunt. in Missouri. Yeah, legal in Missouri. Cool. Um, I think in Mississippi there were some loose speculations there, like you could have a feeder on the property you were hunting, but it couldn't be within eyesight. So, like, this is the first time, like, I'm literally like, okay, there's a pile of corn. Like, I feel weird about it, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, there's a giant buck here. It's kind of funny seeing how the residents of Kansas treat that. Like, even in Ohio, where I hunt, when I first started putting some bait out, I was like, all right, let's dump a, a corn pile here right. or a little bit of, uh, y- you know, a Khmer deer. I remember I used yours and years ago. Mm-hmm. And now to see, you know, we'll ask Kev to go out and dump some corn for us. And he's like, okay, I've got about 400 pounds. Where do you want it's it? crazy, man. <laughs> well, and I think that the, um, you know, uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, you know, you heard about things like baiting and it was like, yeah, that's, that's 
a bunch of bullshit. It's no right? good. Nobody does that. Like that's illegal. Those are for people who can't hunt, mm-hmm. right? And and there's still a mindset of that in some points, but like when you actually do it, you know, people think, oh, you have a corn pile out, like you should be able to kill Booner every time. It's like, listen, just because you have a corn pile doesn't nece- necessarily make it that any easier when you're hunting. And you I know, know that sounds weird to probably people who haven't put corn piles out, but it's the truth. Like you, you can go out there and put a corn pile out in Kansas and you'll get bucks on it. 99% of those pictures will be in the middle of the night. I'm trying to think back over, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 28. I've been deer hunting since I was 12. I don't think I killed a buck over a corn pile until last season. And I don't know if you would even consider it. I mean, that was this fuzzy wuzzy buck sure. that I ended up killing. And there was maybe a little bit, a little bit of corn left, but it was really a, a food well, buck that I was hunting. So let's but. talk about this. So let's finish. Mar- Cause I think this is kind of this evolution that Sorry, we've had. I distracted you. No, 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 no. For, for eight years, you know, we've kind of hunted this place. So that first year. First morning, I remember it was like frosty, no wind. This is before we realized like, hey, uh, deer don't move unless there's wind in Kansas, right? And mm-hmm. I will say out of anything that I can hunt in, I'll hunt in pouring down rain, monsoons, whatever. I despise hunting in wind, right? I feel like like a high wind and a consistent wind just like dulls every sense I have, right? And And it's taken eight years even for me to realize like without that wind in Kansas, those deer don't move. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I remember clearly it was cold. It was frosty. Uh, there was no wind. You know, deer started popping out of the CRP field. And I like look up and there's this giant 10 point, you know, just staring down uh, at a couple smaller bucks that had been walking around me. And it was like, you know, at that time I'm trying to self film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the early days. This is when guys were self. I didn't even know you at this point. Yeah, no, I, I Stone Road didn't even exist at this. Yeah, point. I didn't know you at this point. I, I think you were cake and face paint on your. I absolutely was. Yeah. Like I was trying. Yeah, and it, you look at it, and it's like I literally had a cake full of like black face paint on. Yeah. It looked like you took a five gallon bucket of face paint and just <laughs> dipped your face in it. And you're good to go. Yeah, and the, then put your glasses on over top of the, it. <laughs> the, uh, I think I was wearing real tree at the time or something. Was uh. like light as snow. So it's like dark face light as snow like i'm in a tree that you know the stand had probably grown into 17 years before that Mm -hmm. you know and it it just it it all worked out right i remember clearly having this buck come in i ended up snort wheezing him because he was working away from me snort wheeze him and we had known he was a fighter he pushed every buck that we ever saw on camera out of there walked into like 25 yards and pulled the shot and shot him in the liver you know Mm -hmm. and he ran, I don't know, 350 Which yards. Which to, to this day is the famous, oh, God, I livered him. Oh, God, I if livered we get, him. Yeah, if we can find it, we'll show that to you at some yeah. point here. It's a, it's, it's a classic. You <laughs> it's know? hilarious. Well, because I think at some point <laughs> you lost the – he was out of range. I mean, I know, I know how hard it is to try to self-film a bow kill. And so yeah. I don't re- recall if you were on him perfectly or not. But you, It was, actually. I, well, okay. I know he was a little bit um, – he was dead center in the frame. I think he was a little bit um, high in the frame maybe. But you can't see it. I think you're right. You can oh, yeah, see. It and the first words out of your mouth are, oh, God, I live. Well, I, I, I think, and I mean, obviously, we're talking eight years ago. I, I remember trying to stop him. He didn't. If I let him go, he was out, like yeah. gone. And so I uh, did what every bow hunter says, hey, don't do that. That you never did stop. I shot him on the move, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it hit like probably three or four ribs back from where I wanted. Not a bad shot, but back a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I mean, enough that I had a little bit of him angling away too. Um, And don't get me wrong. I mean, that deer bled like crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, and he ran, I watched him 
beeline across this cut bean field. <laughs> you for Ramcats at the time? Yeah, Ramcats yeah. at the time. 250 yards, just, I mean, gone. Out of sight. You didn't see yeah, it go down. Out of sight. And there's a river there, um, Falls River. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, where to go? And, I mean, when Marcus and I found him, Marcus actually found him. We were tracking up there. I mean, that deer ran straight to his deathbed, mm -hmm. you know. And for me, that was my first experience with a big buck, mm -hmm. right? I mean, truly 155 inch, just right over the shoulder back here. Yep. Um, you know, and it was like, okay, like this can happen, right? Mm -hmm. And and yeah. Nicole, how that makes it tangible. Like yeah. when you kill a big buck, I I, I remember feeling a sense. Um, I don't know which one it was specifically, but maybe it was that first one that I killed in Kansas. But certainly, as I've killed more and more of them, I've started feeling like, oh, these aren't just things that I dream about and mm -hmm. I see on TV. Like, they're real. They live in these woods. I can kill one. Well, I mean, I think the one thing with that season, so that was um, 2013, uh, it happened really easy, right? And and since then, I don't think it's ever happened that easy. It seems to always happen that way for you. Now, you said I didn't realize that this buck was the first time you'd ever hunted Kansas, the first morning. First morning. How many first, first morning Kansas bucks have you killed? <laughs> a lot. At least two or three. Well, I mean, it goes back to kind of our mindset. Like, I, I feel like whether you're running and gunning or you're <coughs> stepping into a stand for the first time. Uh, yeah, there there's me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, go back a little bit on that, Ian, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, there's on. some classic things. I don't know, paint. We, I don't know if we'll be able to hear this or not, but... Yeah, okay. go right there. Go right... There you go. Here he so, is. So, yeah, there he comes and in, into the center high frame. And, I mean, I, obviously, camera's low. I, I tried to stop him there. He didn't stop. And then I shot. Yeah. Um, Here's the slow-mo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sound in I mean, this keep video slow-mo, just like... Literally, at this, <laughs> there he is. at this time, like, I'm I'm editing everything yeah. uh, double <laughs> slow-mo in Zoomed in. I mean, this was, this was classic 2013. Yeah, look, here it is. Perfect. Yeah. A little back. A little back. Oh, God, uh, I livered him. Yep, right here I said, oh, God, I livered him. There he goes across the CRP oh, field, man. which keep in mind, I mean, I'm literally hunting a tree line in a CRP field with 250, 300 acres of cut beans mm. around me. And it's like... Uh, you know where this deer come from this like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like, look there at the over is. the shoulder i don't even know what that is is that a security camera that i like brought along <laughs> I with think me so oh man that's impressive um <laughs> wow shooting the old boat tech out to 100 yards jump to the end here do you got it you got can we see what this buck looks like yeah jump through i mean the blood was there good there he is yeah so there you go i mean awesome time length huge mass the, the two things, and this is where, again, biggest buck I had ever killed in my life at that time. Um, the two things that I noticed here right away, first of all, this deer had amazing time length and mass, but he had, a, I think, a 14-inch inside spread, and his beams were 20 inches. Hmm. That deer, if had a normal, call it beam and spread um, for what he was, would have easily been in the mid 160s probably mm -hmm. you know um still an awesome yeah, deer i mean one that you know gun. i look at every day when we're here in the office um yeah. but yeah i mean so that that literally is first morning like right away um i end up uh probably getting pretty intoxicated uh that evening uh that's that's, that's the move so man. that that started um i don't know if everybody else has these kind of traditions and stuff but one of the traditions that we have in kansas is when you kill a buck in Kansas, we drink Weller's, Weller's. whiskey. Yep. Um, I didn't even have to kill a buck. I think it was the first morning there. Marcus <laughs> is like, here you go. Initiation, Swig of Weller's. I think you did the same with I, my dad. And it was, er I was, uh, 
I was probably 23, like the first time, yeah. 23 something. He hands me the bottle. I took a swig of it. And it was first thing in the morning before. We had already been up for 24 hours. And we were shed hunting. I was, yeah, I was already tired. Uh, and we were going shed hunting. We weren't actually there to hunt. Took a swig and we went to like Ace Hardware. It's like the only hardware <laughs> store in town. And he's like, you got to see, you know, the lady that owns the store here has got some giant sheds that she's found. And I took this swig of water and it was just enough that I like, I dropped one of these sheds <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. hey, Luckily, don't worry. It's just like an 80 inch. Luckily, know? it was fine. And oh, that's funny. So, Swigga Wellers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, experience the Wellers that night. Next morning, I get up and um, I actually went out, shot a doe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I filmed that one too and literally loaded both of those <coughs> deer up, went to, went back to Missouri that day. Um, and that was kind of it. It was like, okay. Almost too easy, huh? That's Kansas. And so that set in motion a couple things. Now, Obviously, so I think Marcus's place there is like 150 acres. And he's not on family ground, right? That's a. Yeah, yeah, it's a family piece of ground. Um, I mean, the guy has killed, I don't know, 10, 150 pluses off of that. Mm -hmm. A couple into the low 160s, mid 160s. Well, and Marcus will tell you too. He's not a he's not a diehard bow hunter. If he doesn't kill that thing within the first two weeks of the season, like he's he might not get out. Well, he gets cold easily. He gets cold easily. (laughs) And Marcus is a great guy, a good friend yeah. of ours, and he's been really generous to put us yeah. on a bunch of deer. But that's his style, man. He likes to kill them those, those first two weeks, and the he year, gets it done. I think it was quite the year that I killed that buck. He killed, um, which I'll I'll probably nag him to the day that he and I both die, but uh, he killed a three-year-old. That's a giant three-year-old. He's got stuff in, in like the living room. It was in low 160s. It was truly <laughs> a future 200 typical. It's a freak. You know, it looks like a doe mounted was on the wall. Was that day one, first day of the season? But it was 97 degrees when he shot that deer. Like, yeah. I remember him on camera sending me the picture and being like, I'm looking at the temp stamp, and I'm like, dude, is it 97 degrees? He's like, yeah, it's so hot right now. I'm like, I can't even fathom hunting hmm. in that kind of weather. Um, so, but what that set in motion was... Uh, partially you know the needle in the vein of what kansas and what like a true midwestern whitetail mecca needle in the vein that's quite an expression <laughs> i mean i feel like that's what it is it is right? awesome man well so and there was a few years that passed you probably hunted kansas for you if you're saying you've been there for eight years mm-hmm. you probably hunted it at least four or five years before i got the invite to come out so 2014 so basically after i killed that buck i said hey man I, like i'm four hours away i don't want to been a junior in college at that point yeah i don't want to step on your toes right could you talk to some local people about leasing property again no experience in ever leasing ground mm. i just said hey can we find it and, and listen for anybody that's looking to lease property and unless you're using services like base camp leasing which we use um if you know somebody in an area that's how you're going to get property Right, you basically have to have another local go to bat for you, because here we are coming as non-resident guys. Like nobody trusts us. Mm -hmm. Um, Why would they? And so we found uh, 140 acres and an 80 acre piece owned by the same gentleman, uh, same family. Still lease that to the day. Different from the one that Marcus hunts, but different from the one. Yep. And um, they had closed hunting on it because years prior, during rifle season, somebody had shot cows with a gun. I don't know, accident or on purpose. Multiple or cows? I don't know. That's that's the story that how it goes. Wow. Um, and so we came in and said, listen, all we care about is bow hunting anyways. Like I don't even care about guns. Can you imagine shooting a cow on somebody's property? It's a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah. How would you pack that thing out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of meat. So um so Marcus Marcus went to bat for us with these guys and they said, you know what? Like, yes, we'll do it. 
so we have uh have 140 and 180 acres um not too far right i mean same general area and so again it hadn't been hunted in years Mm -hmm. right i remember specifically putting out cameras in september and like instantly getting pictures of like three or four big bucks which bucks did you have on camera so we had um wide boy wide boy that was and at that time that deer had been i don't know seven or eight years old i remember bill winky and i when i got the picture of him on a cell camera i was like bill how old do you think this deer is he's like old agent like shoot him and dust comes out yeah um and then there was a big eight that was probably in the mid 140s um that had been running around there and then later in the year in october we got white whale for the first time no super freak that year yeah, super freak then right after that. Oh, really? So we had a, Multiple at that time, days. this year was probably in the mid-150s, mm-hmm. I would say as a 10. Yep. White whale, we come to find out, 175-inch deer. Mm-hmm. Super freak, 181-inch deer. Mm-hmm. So we have those three bucks all on 140 acres, basically, because they they were on the other one, but just not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's when all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is where right. And keep in mind, that was all pasture ground, abandoned ground. Like, there was cows moving in. There was Man, no crops. When we talk Kansas, I can't help but think of, uh, like, Chevy Chase and Vegas Vacation. And yeah. in my head, it's Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> I, I my mean, eyes glaze over. It's like, here we go. It, it was just crazy to think of, like, that was, to me, that was the first, it's the first time I leased property, mm-hmm. you know, which was an expense. Um but it was for good reason. What expense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just we're deer hunting. We'll do at that. Yeah, over. man. Once you once you get in that mindset, there's not a lot that you won't do to you know get on some of these big. So deer. I so I remember at that time. Um, well, so Marcus gets a picture of White Whale, sends me a camera picture with basically his thumb over the antlers and just the body of the deer, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you son of a bitch!" Like, mm-hmm. he's like, "What do you think?" I was like, "That's a like a, that's a brute." And then, like, you see him, he sends me the real picture, and I'm like, wow, that's a booner. Yeah. That, that was, like, maybe the first time I'm laying eyes on a booner that I'm about to hunt. Mm-hmm. So we went down, same time frame. Uh, actually, maybe a little bit before. I think it was, like, November 3rd, 3rd or 4th through the 7th or 8th. Mm-hmm. We hunted, like, four or five days. And, um, you know, on the 1st, I had went down to basically – bait all our camera stations make sure stands were good and must have been nice at the time only four hours, four hours away, away to where now we're what 17 17 a little tough yeah and i got that's when i checked the camera and i got super freaked for the first time mm. and then that deer i mean it's sitting next to a two-year-old eight or nine point and this deer comes in and it's like oh my god that is a monster <laughs> it's crazy you know at some point we'll have to uh, try to get some kind of a, an aerial map to show what this sure. property looks like. I mean, it's it's not like a jungle by any means. It's it, a creek bottom, which it's just is a creek bottom. That's that is the. I mean, again, evolution of learning how this thing is. Like you find timber in general on mm-hmm. a property, and it's something you probably should snatch up, mm-hmm. right? Because there are no real big blocks of timber except for the core land, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, most of it is cattle pasture or old pasture fields. Some ag. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can find these creek bottoms, they're just corridors and these deer, you know, I'm used to seeing a deer on a particular piece of property and he stays within that same area of that property, maybe moves a little bit. These deer are covering miles, you know, maybe even a day. 
Sure. Um, because they're busting across the field, you know, that's a half mile or three quarters of a mile, you know, like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the Northeast either. It's like, um, not necessarily that these big open spots are the best place to be, but it is not uncommon during the rut to see a buck coming across, uh, you know, a 300 yeah. acre field. Like he crossed the road, like just crossed the middle of the road at 1030 in the morning and he's walking, you know, right at you clear across the, um, the field. It's just, it's just, it's different. A ton of there. experience like that. So like we didn't see, um, the only deer that I had seen during that hunt, not that I would have shot him was that was the first time we had ever laid eyes on a deer that we would eventually call super seven. And at that time he was, um, what I expected to be probably a two year old six point. Mm -hmm. And, and I actually told Marcus to have his son kill that deer, which he tried multiple shots. Cause genetically he was pretty weak. Yeah, it looked like a piece of garbage. Yeah. You know, he was a seven point at the time or maybe six. even a six queen yeah. six. And I filmed them. Uh, I filmed a lot of them on that. that not that two trip. years old is like old enough to really know what that year is going to turn into, but like, he's not ever going to be, it wasn't anything that we were, high you know, deer. if a, if a kid wants to kill something like that, I'm never going to stop him. Sure. Um, and so that was the only deer that we'd seen, but again, benefit of me being four hours away, I hunted often. So I came back, um, around Thanksgiving and that is when I um, called in Wide Boy mm -hmm. for the first time. I was at, over on our 80-acre piece. It was the one time that I wish I had a decoy because mm -hmm. that buck came in ready to just trump something. Yeah. And, um, you know, got to about 55 or 60 yards and just knew something. He's like, I'm not seeing a buck here. Something's up. Mm -hmm. um, and I came back multiple times. I hunted, I think, twice after we came out and did like our normal trip in um, November. And then I came back in December and December, I think it was December 20th is when I killed white whale, right? So 2013, first year there, one day, 155 inch buck, you know, wrap it up. 2014, multiple hunts, trying to kill one of these three giants. Um, come to find out that Freak, uh, Super Freak had got hit by a truck, probably. He ended mm -hmm. up being found dead, and he's in Kev's barn now. Um, <clears throat> Along we, with, like, every other deer in that area that's yeah, been right? killed. Yeah, right. Any other deadhead. Um, you know, and that wasn't too far. He was crossing the road. We knew there was a, a chance that these cattle trucks blow up and down that highway pretty frequently. Um, wide Boy, you know, had an opportunity at him, but just didn't capitalize and then white whale which was really the buck i wanted to shoot you know uh, i mean worked me over but ended up um catching him on that the gopro which you know again people can complain all they want because there's a base the following there. year after the ogata delivered them buck mm -hmm. yeah so it's 2014 uh if you go on that same youtube channel yeah. there's uh it's, it's something like greatest GoPro. Just just search the channel for GoPro and see what you can find there. Yeah, there should be. There's so, one other one. It's a doe kill. It's not that one. There's so another the, one. I'll kind of go through that story real quick. <clears throat> we, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd been hunting. I, I think I came in like two days before that. Um, I'd seen a couple decent bucks coming out of the neighbor's at, property. At this point, though, we had gotten connected. So, so between the time that you killed this first yes. one. Yeah, because now it's December 2014. Stone Road has been alive. Stone Road Media has been alive for a year, okay. right? And you were, were working for us at that time. Yeah, out of college. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, it was you and Steve that were going out to Kansas. And um, mm -hmm. cool. So we'd gotten connected somewhere in, in the midst of that. Yeah, I think you have, you'd have been working with us on the Deer Grow projects. You'd been working on, with us on Stone Road. At this time, you know, 
Hunter essentially is called Buck Advisor. Well, yeah, and one in the same. If people go to our YouTube channel, they will see some old videos from the Buck Advisor stuff. In fact, that that hunt that we just killed, and so yeah. that was kind of, kind of the, the very it. beginning of yeah what this Hunter project is has evolved from. Very much rooted in it, and so um, I'd always uh, and I had tried with trail cameras at first. Maybe I guess because I was probably too cheap to buy a GoPro. Um, but at some point along the line, you know, my whole goal was I wanted to catch uh, an exit shot on GoPro. So I wanted a, a GoPro camera at like ground level, looking up at a deer uh, and capturing an exit. So I think it was the week before that I had did a trial run and shot a doe. And it, it was okay. The doe was still kind of off. I mean, think of it. I, I've, I'm in the corner of this cut soybean field and yeah, I've got corn piles out. Um, but I've got this go single GoPro in one area and I'm waiting for a doe to step in front of it so that I can make the shot. I mean, you know, the stars are really having a line here. So I ended up getting the doe on the GoPro, but it just wasn't quite at the right angles. Mm -hmm. um, and so fast forward to uh, December 20th, it was in the evening. Um, I had deer all over me, does all over me, small bucks. And this lease that you're on is literally an 80-acre field. Yeah, the only trees, I'm in a hedgerow. The only trees on the whole place are, you know, just lining the edge of it. And there's a nice piece of ground behind you that doesn't get hunted at all. But the hope is that these deer are coming, coming out, out to the corn pile in front of you or to whatever's planted in this field. And Yeah, and keep in sure mind, enough. I mean, this is 2014. We still have this lease, right? Yeah. This stand, not exact stand, but the same stand area, I would say somebody is hunting it every year that we've gone to Kansas since 2014. Yeah, it's just the 80 to us. This is the only deer and the only buck and, and second deer to that other doe I shot that has been killed out of that 80 acres. Killed and recovered. And recovered. <laughs> Whole different thing. Yeah, here you go. Dude, perfect. So listen, it, you could see my silhouette if you pause it right there, Ian. Like right where this doe just jumps in. Or here. Yeah, start, start, start it started just real quick. You can see. There you go. You can see my silhouette. Like this is a no-no, right? If I'm a bow hunter, the last thing I want is to be silhouetted on the skyline. Um, and again, I'm in a hedgerow. There's not many options here for me to do anything. You see the corn pile. This isn't a tree. This is a deer's leg about to step on the GoPro. So as this thing kind of progresses, go ahead and, and forward it. The one thing that... Um, doesn't show is this buck that I had killed that we call white whale had actually just snuck in behind me and underneath the stand he spooked back out and he circles and if you can watch clear over oh, here yeah. here he comes yeah you'll see his antlers oh. start coming through now, this is a 175 oh. inch monster right and and I'm shaking like a leaf in this tree you can see me getting ready to draw here even could he say right? I was getting antsy and and this deer did not ever look up at me the does are looking he did not ever look up, and I mean, you couldn't plan this. I'm in full draw right now. Here it comes. Swack. Look at the arrow. Blood dripping down. <laughs> a deer ran 30 yards and fell over, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I can remember, like, that very first um, walk into the stand in the dark in Kansas. Like, mm -hmm. it's just so it's so desolate out there. Yeah. Um, like bright, brightest stars in the sky you'll ever see because there's no ambient light. It's just so hard to describe without without going out and experiencing it for yourself. I mean, it's something that every bow hunter should, um, sure, every hunter should should try to experience at some point in their life. We had a bead yeah. on on a big shooter, yeah, you know, and 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 crazy enough, it was the only 
shooter really that we had seen on that property it seems like sometimes that happens is we got this camera in a spot that and we just got lucky that this buck was coming past here sure. every day every other day and i mean I, young bow hunter at the time still you know trying to yeah. to learn here as we're going but uh, it seemed like this deer was on enough of a pattern mm-hmm. i think at the time I was a little bit conflicted with whether or not I wanted to hunt that buck because he was, but as far as we could tell, 140, 145 inch. We figured he was what four years old too. I mean, buck, you know. And while this would have been the biggest buck I've ever killed, um, you know, I see the kind of deer that are out here, and I'm like, I was kind of, yeah, I wasn't sure, you know. And so I think it wasn't until probably the third or third or fourth day of the mm-hmm. seven or eight day hunt that we had there that i was like okay i'm married to this i'm place. ready to jump into this spot here and so this was on the new lease that we call yep. roberts on the train and road it's, it's really just a it's a river bottom that um you can see all the way across it and so yep. we had hung this stand um in august or september um knowing not that, the best hang either not because of the way yeah. we hung it it was just the situation of where he was in an elevated position and the tree sat low so you yeah. were almost eye level with what we called the tram road it was an old logging yeah. road or old railroad bed. it's an old railroad bed yeah, right? old railroad, yeah, bed old railroad there. there and so it's basically pasture up above it which we can use to access there's the tram road itself, and then mm-hmm. it drops down into, you know, what ultimately is this, like, uh, it's a river that runs. The sure. Falls, is that the Falls River as well? Yes. The Falls River runs right through there. Um, and so, like I said, third, third or fourth day of that hunt, I started sticking that out. Um, and I don't remember exactly when it was. It may have been the second or third day that I was hunting that spot. I, I got eyes on that deer. Yep. Um, Came across the river right from public. He was in the river. So mm-hmm. the first time I saw him... And it was it was pretty slow. Aside from that, I hadn't seen it. Was it was warm. Was, it's not like there was a bunch of other deer. It's not it's not a big timber area. It's not a major intersection. It's yep. literally just a river bottom, and that buck was just using that spot. He was the man down there, and so I look. I, I turned around. It was mid morning, maybe like nine o'clock, and I turned around and I could see this deer um, in the river. And first thing I did is grab my rattling antlers and I just cracked him, you know, and I'm looking out and like, unlike some of these states where this doesn't have, this is Kansas. Here he comes. Yeah. He was barely comes. And so I watch him jump up out of the river and he's running at me. And so I I scramble to get my, um, um, my antlers hung up. I grab my bow, I get ready. And I think my wind was dead wrong at this point. I mean, it was blowing right to where he, you know, he was going to end up out here and, um, he came charging in here, here he comes. Yep. Um, and it was a close call. He ended up coming into 40 yards. There was like a little, um, it was a gas line or some kind of a marker that I, I remember ranging. Mm-hmm. I knew he was at 40 yards. I felt comfortable with that 40 yard shot would like for it to be closer, sure. but, um, I, I think I came to full draw on him. I think he did too. I think I came to full draw. On was, him. was he was angling to you though, right? Yeah, he was he was, if anything, angling to me a little bit, maybe broadside, but I, yeah, I just didn't have a good shot. I didn't have the right shot. I didn't feel comfortable with it. He was walking from the river at that point towards the tram, and um, he ended up walking right up onto it and kind of up and away from me, up into the pasture. And I just never had an opportunity, and um, it just it just didn't happen. I'm glad I didn't take that shot. I, I met. I, could have tried to weasel one through there, but it wouldn't have been the shot that would. And the other thing that was in the back of my mind is that deer was really close to the property line at sure. that point. Um, that stand is maybe only 60 yards from the property Probably. line. Probably, yeah. And You're better to catch them coming yeah. into the property than trying to go away from the and property. And so if he runs 20 yards in that direction, I mean, it's it, it gets messy. We have yeah. to get permission to get over there, and I just don't want to take that shot. Um, 
But anyways, it gave me the confidence to know like he was down there. I had a, a really good yeah, encounter. Yeah, you committed at that point. I mean, you never got out. He got, had a good encounter. And, dark to dark. And I don't think it was the next day. I, I probably hunted the whole next day. It's the, it was the day, it was the last full day you killed that deer. So I must have hunted it two or three days after that encounter. Yep. Um, and I never saw him. Until we had it, pictures it, of him at night because keep in mind, we had a cell camera on that, that tram. We had a couple pictures of him at night. I knew he was still in the area. And this is a good, a good pause though, for a second, because yeah. we, we talked about this earlier and it's like, oh, Kansas and corn and stuff. We're, you're not hunting corn here. Yeah. Yeah, there you're no you're corn. in a corridor, you're in a travel corridor. And so the, don't think like, oh, everybody that hunts in Kansas just has this feeder. There are a lot of people that do that. And, and as do we, but a lot of our successes have been in these key corridors uh, of which are either we don't have corn on or on public, which you can't bait on. Mm-hmm. So it was anyways. just one of those core areas that we kind of stumbled into. We got the camera in the right place, figured out this yep. deer was here pretty consistently, and started hunting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, corn is not our go-to strategy by any means. No, no, no. If, the deer if anything, there, it's just to get eyes on them. Yeah, if the deer is there, there and we can kill them without it, I, I think your chances are probably better. You know, yeah. Whenever he comes in, he's going to be less on edge, and for sure, there's all kind of stuff with that, but. So anyways, I, like you said, I think it was the last full day of mm-hmm. that week. Um, I got in there. I, I remember feeling like um, it's just exhausted. You know, we I had hunted that stand at that point for probably um, four or five full days. We weren't getting out. I mean, I was sitting no. the whole day. That wears on you too, man. Sitting the whole day. We we're packing lunches. We'd get in there, sit from dawn till dusk. And it, like I said, it was the very last day at this point. I got in, and I can remember um, – so the first thing that happened that day was I forgot my hat. Yeah, uh, I didn't have a beanie. I don't even think <laughs> I, I had, do remember. That. I don't even think I had a hat. I was driving Steve's truck. Yeah, um, and we're hunting maybe ten minutes outside of town. Sure. I was halfway to the property, and I remember thinking like, "Oh shoot! Like, dude, I'm gonna be like bald. I'm just gonna be like open head guy yeah. <laughs> out here in the woods. Like, I, sh- I should turn around." And we were staying at a motel. I should uh, turn around. At this point. And I, w- I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm right on the edge of yep. you know when I should be getting in and stuff and. Um, I decided not to turn around, and fortunately, Steve had just gotten that truck um, that year, and mm-hmm. so there was actually a like a dealership hat sitting in the center I remember console. That. Like, what are the chances of there just being a loose hat? The and, old Ford, the old Ford Rock yeah, camo. It was a camo hat too. It was some kind of like you know, it was a real tree camo Ford hat. Oh yeah, it's like perfect. Yeah, yeah so I threw that on. Um, and, and ran out to the stand and, um, I hadn't been in the stand for maybe 10 minutes. Um, it was still really dark, but the sun was starting to crest up over the, the feet, the pasture that I had walked mm-hmm. through. And I remember looking up and I could see him walking across. Yep. He was parallel in the, tr- the tram. Yep. Walking from left to right. On the other side of the barbed wire fence. On the other right? side of the barbed wire fence. He was maybe 50 or 60 yards yeah. from me. Not, not anywhere I could have taken a shot, but I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I grunted or I snort wheezed at him. I don't know why. I just yeah. was like, man, if I can, if I can get him to get his attention stay in or the something. area, just, an, I was maybe like five, 10 minutes more from shooting light. I don't know. I, I was just like, man, I'm going to call it this. Dude. Yeah. And, uh, he did stop. He looked down in my direction, um, and then kind of continued on. He, he walked down mm-hmm. in, uh, deeper into the property and, and that's like what? seven fifteen probably. Ish. I don't know. Dark. Yeah. It was before shooting light. And so he had worked off and I was kind of hopeful that like, man, maybe he'll come back because mm-hmm. um, we knew he was just going back. Like it, it, like I said, it's not like a big thicket or anything. There's two ways these deer are moving. I mean, it's really, it's our last morning. I mean, at this point we're throwing Hail Marys, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. It was the last day. So I'm like, I got to call it this deer. Yeah. I called at him before and, and he came right in. So 
Um, he, you know, he chose not to that morning. Um, and so I was sitting there in a stand. It was maybe, I think it was around 830. Yeah. So maybe an hour and a half, hour mm-hmm. and 45 minutes later, um, I, I can remember turning around and that deer was right in the creek bottom. So not the fall river, but there's a little creek bottom that runs the whole mm-hmm. way up the woods and he's just walking right down the middle of it. Um, and I was like, game on. Yeah. And here we go. At the time, this was heading back to bed, man. At the time, I think this was the only, this is like maybe the second, like true, what I would call a big buck. Yeah. That I'd ever been hunting. I shot like a 130 inch three-year-old off my family farm a mm-hmm. couple of years prior. This was like my first encounter with a big Kansas buck. Right. And, uh, I was excited. Like yeah. I was, I was so fired and here well, we he, knew where he was going and, and in the back of your head, you I knew where he was coming. The, the, we had the camera was like 20 yards yeah. from me. We had gotten pictures of him there before. I was like, this deer is going to come right up in here. He's going to cut up over the hill. He's gonna walk right past me. Yeah. And so sure enough, I turned around, I got ready. We weren't filming at the time. I don't have footage of me killing this year. No. Um, the wind I can remember was blowing right <laughs> down at him. I was like, this deer is going to get my yeah, wind for sure. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm, I'm hunkered in, I'm, I'm leaning against the tree like mm-hmm. this, and he's coming. And he turned at one point, I remember he did pick his head up, I think he got my, my wind, and he trotted up onto the tram, yep. which is where the camera was at, and started walking at me. And he's closing in, at the point he was on the tram was maybe 50 yards from me, mm-hmm. and he's walking, he got to you know 40 yards 30 yards and at this point i think that steve and i probably were blowing up your phone because we just got trail (laughs) camera pictures of this buck walking in front of the camera we're like he had to have shoot shot this deer right i mean like it like this deer was so close to me when i shot him he was probably like he was probably like 25 feet because almost eye level because he was eye level yeah he was he might have been five feet beneath me that's so crazy. Yeah, and I can remember coming to full draw when he was behind um, the bush. He was behind a tree and some yeah, and some and some shrubs and stuff there. And so I got to full draw, and I remember it was probably two or three seconds, but it felt like five minutes waiting for him to crest that mm-hmm. to get past that. And um, you know, sure enough, he ended up like I said, maybe fifteen or twenty yards broadside, slightly quartering two, and I and I let her rip, and um. It was a good shot. It was it was a little low and a little back for mm-hmm. that angle. Mm-hmm. And I think even then I was probably that was the early days of me starting to struggle with some target panic. You sure. know? So I was I was always low. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fortunately, he was pretty close to eye level, so that didn't hurt. Didn't me hurt too you bad. on the angle, yeah. Um, and that deer took off um, straight he, up the tram. Well, yeah, he kept running up the tram, and he only made it maybe 40, 50 yards, mm-hmm. and he kind of just stopped. And he, and I remember he turned around, and he was he was hurt. I I knew immediately thinking it was a good hit. Um, and I was just praying that he would, he would go down right there. Yep. Um, and it took him a while to do that, but he did eventually kind of, he flopped. He didn't like bite the dust. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, yeah, he kind of flopped and, um, I, oh dude, I was shaking so hard. Like I literally, I, I think that's when we, we got on a call. Cause I remember talking to you and I couldn't even understand you cause you were, but then it was during that call that you said something like he's getting up or he lifted his head up. I can't remember it exactly. I think I called Margie first. I think Mar. I think, I think so. Margie's my wife. I, call, yeah. I called her. I first, think you called Dale. And I could too. barely speak. I was like, yeah, you know, I just shot, I just shot him, you know? And, um, and they're, they're I could, they knew what I was saying. It was but, cold. But too. Not I mean, good. keep in mind, like every, every bow hunter knows that feeling when it's, it's, 
cold. It's not freezing, but it's cold. And you have tried to keep such amazing control of your breathing and muscles that when that moment happens and you let it go, you fall it's apart. Un- it's uncontrollable. I fell apart. Yeah. yeah. I was like literally. It's the leg shake. I was holding on to the tree, you know, yep. and, and the deer is still here and he didn't die right away. I mean, it maybe took him like 20 minutes to expire. Yeah. Um, and so I watched him just like, st- like. You know, I'm trying to watch through my binoculars, and like he's picking his picking his head up every once yeah. in a while. I was like trying to decide. I remember at one point my uncle on the phone is like, "Man, you need to get down and put another arrow in that, that deer." Yeah. And and I I didn't do you that. You sat for a long time, yeah, not knowing what was going on because at that point we, we were unsure. That's right. In fact, do you know what, Ian? Uh, jump onto Dropbox and. Um, there's just, some there's just, me filming right just search for kansas i know we're not gonna have any sound here but we'll have the recovery you're right because i wasn't 100 percent sure that deer was yep. completely dead so what i did was i got down maybe an hour hour and a half later i think yeah i think it was about that i got down and i just circled out and away from the deer as much as i could i had the rental vehicle i was in north 80 i said screw it dude like i'm coming yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm coming yeah and so i drove you know what well, I texted you. you first. You might have been the first person I talked to because I texted well, you. Well, I had it, already blown it, you up 42 times because I'm like, dude, you had to Because he was right there, and I was, was right I was there. nervous to get on the phone. I didn't yeah. want him to hear me and get up in, in case he wasn't sure. you know, totally dead yet. So I texted you, and then you called me, and I remember you're like, I want to hear you shake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was probably some explicits after that as probably, well. <laughs> yeah, and oh, dude, I, that was such a cool moment. And um, yeah. so we backed out, and I think I probably— it's a long week, man. I probably just waited out at the— you know, he's got a rental house over there by, by the property yep. or whatever. So eventually you came and met me. It was da- warm too. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, it was a beautiful day. It was yeah. like seven, it was like seventies and sunny at that point. It was probably 10 30 or 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like yep. midday. Um, I knew right where the deer was at. It's yep. not like, man, we we're, the gonna, approach that we we're not going to have make. to blood trail the deer, but the decision that we made was to, um, get the wind in our favor yep. and try to stalk in a, on him as if the deer was still alive in case All we had precautions to put another as possible. Yeah. Whenever you pull up Dropbox, Ian, just search for Kansas, and we might be able to find some kind of, like, recovery. Uh, I put some B-roll stuff in um, it's definitely in, in Hunter Dropbox, so I'm not sure if it's in there or not. Okay. I probably still have it on my phone. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there he is. There's the deer. Yeah. That's in front of the hay bells. This must be the folder that we're we're looking in here. That this is th- there's your hat. It. Wait, go back away. <laughs> go, yeah, go back. Yeah, see, I switched away. my hat here at this point. <laughs> there's the classic Ford hat. There's right? the Hunter hat. So this is, this is me... Um, following jared and and doing the there business. it is there's the tag 17 what's that so we're right that's 17 2017 yeah, there you go D- november 16th so um if you yeah just keep going bounce it, around in here there's got to be some video in here somewhere i would think that i uploaded them unless it's, it's definitely just... in here okay are you in the yeah, he's, yeah he's in the right folder he's in the right folder yeah, you're good bounce, bounce back to uh hit, hit uh back in your upper left hand corner yeah. yeah just see if you can find any of these video files it's definitely in here um, There's then, one right here, down at the bottom. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is the walk up. Yeah. And so this is after we had stocked up and uh, and could see him lay in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we knew he was dead at that point, and we we, we walked in on him. Yeah. It's just loading in Dropbox, taking. Yeah. So because he was in that brush pile, and we didn't know, man. We we made a. It took a long time to make that stock, and, and that so here's the tram. You can see this flat spot he's on. This is the tram where. Yeah. Where I had shot him. And the property line is 20 yards to your right at this point. To the right, yeah. You know, he just piled up right there, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, that that that's the kind of thing, though, that, that pulled me through, you know, that first day debacle 
is yeah. you know uh, the highs are high the lows well, are dude, low this was really cool i think this was the first year this was the first year that you want to know because we had this was twice now this year because you and i got to recover this year sure. together yep and then this one and it was mm-hmm. it was really cool yeah, and it you know again it was a long week. Um, I I think there there was a lot happening this morning because I don't think I saw anything. My dad had missed Super Six out of the Pine Patch stand um, this more the same morning. That's right. Um, Your dad was ready to fling sticks, man. He did fling because he he's like, yeah, I think I missed him by like twenty five yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you had shot this one. He did that. Steve didn't see anything. Um, mm. I don't think I like I said as, as soon as you shot this, I was ready to get the hell out of the stand and get over there. Yeah. Um, this was the only deer that we brought home from that. Yeah, trail. and it, again, and and this was probably the first um, trip that weather really impacted our hunt. I mean, it was pretty mild. Even the the day that I hit that buck, I remember it was like fifty something in the morning. Really, um, and and I think that that movement was super suppressed. Mm. Um, you know, minus a couple of days. This last day, I think that that morning that you shot that was the same morning my dad saw eight bucks chasing that doe. He mm. missed super six. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he had a good last hunt too. Yeah, and so and and this really started our. Like that was it, right? Nothing else in seventeen. We come back spring of eighteen for shed hunting, um, and I think you and I we explored. That's so more cool. To, I just I'm in the zone with that. It was so cool to relive that. Yeah, that was such a fun experience. For, that was the biggest buck I'd killed at the at the time. But like most Kansas things, highs of highs, lows of lows. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen comes. We put in for a draw. You don't get drawn. Was it the following year? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get drawn. Right. So it's like. <clears throat> our first experience with anybody not getting drawn and it's like whoa 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 we just had like right. the coolest deer hunt experience in camp and now like the gang's broken up yeah i was the only one of our group of four that didn't yeah draw. we learned the lesson there and we didn't know we weren't we putting put in, in as, as a group groups. at that time yeah. yeah i think my dad and i probably put in as a group but everybody else was independent yep well we um, didn't even know what that meant we're just like well yeah we didn't yeah well it was such a i, I mean again knock on wood since 2013, I've been doing stuff there. Um, without, yeah, yeah without any tag, issues. We never thought it would be a problem. So, yeah. We, That's right. I was really bummed out about we that. Should I, hunt. Like, yeah, I think man, we I still, we all still went down in uh, August or September and hung stands again and did some camera stuff. You still came down even though I think you weren't drawn. I think um, you needed me to pack in stands for it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely it. Uh, and, dude, it, you know, and unfortunately, like, you weren't there. 2018 was eventful as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it, unlike we were just saying 70s and sunny and beautiful, it was single digits and snow in 2018. That's right. I mean, I had what, I don't even know what you call them, the big booty things over my boots because when my feet were on the metal stand, they were froze to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Steve and my dad sat out maybe two mornings because it was so cold, they're like, "Yeah, we're not going. We're not." You going know what out. though? I think that was the year that I killed the Spaniard. It was because you. Farm. That was November tenth. Yep. So we um we went down. Yeah, we left. I think it was the ninth or something. You were you guys in Kansas when I killed that deer? Yeah. Oh wow. I was in the stand. I remember you and I talked. So it worked out. Yeah, it did work. <laughs> um, but it, 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 and this is such Kansas, like classic Kansas, and and how cool it is is we go from 2017 where literally the buck you kill in Robert's Bottom is pretty much the only deer we want to kill. Mm-hmm. To 2018, I moved into Robert's Bottom, and I saw 14, 15 bucks a day 
in that bottom with multiple shooters. So bizarre. We still can't explain that. Why that property from one year to the next Just is exploded. I mean, I yeah. had. Uh, I mean, again, not that I got a shot on, but first morning in that stand, um, I had that one really monarch, big buck. Right? Yeah, monarch that was yeah. down there came through. Um, I called him in. He worked around. Um, That's the door. I don't know. Why don't you run and check on that, Ian? I think I think there's somebody knocking at the door. Might be supplies. Um, and so, yeah, I, like that deer worked around me. I didn't get a shot at him. Probably 150-inch deer. But I ended up seeing a ton of deer, ton of bucks during that trip. Yep. Uh, and, again, a long trip. I had seen a ton of deer, but it was cold, man. And it just took a big toll, yep. you know, on us. Um, but overall, you know, I think it was – Wednesday, yeah, because we usually leave on a Friday morning. Um, so I think it was Wednesday. Was that right? Thanks, Ian. Yeah. We got stuff. Sweet, a little bit of gear. Um, I think it was Wednesday. Um, I had, I think Steve or somebody basically said like, "Hey, I'm done. Like, come pick me up," because we were only using a single vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Come, all right, dude. I'll I'll get out of the stand." I'm walking out, and I see this buck making a scrape same property that i had same killed this property. year on the year before yep, but you were down a little further. at the bottom of the tram maybe 200 yards from there yeah <clears throat> and i i see this buck make a scrape and you know I, I looked at him and he had a big enough frame that i was like you know that i think i know what deer that is but i'm on ground level right and so i drop my pack and everything and i end up calling this deer from the ground i'm grunting at him i'm pawing at the ground i'm snort wheezing and you know he circles the whole way around me and i shoot that deer off the ground didn't put the greatest shot on him it ended up he wheeled into it and so i hit him forward in front of the front shoulder uh-huh. yeah. but it killed him i mean you know he didn't go but 200 yards uh and it was a mainframe 12 mm-hmm. that i think i had filmed the first morning i was just getting light um the first morning i was in there we have that in b-roll too somewhere yep and i because the deer was missing a brow and i didn't know at the time and, um, you know, I killed that deer off the ground and it was like, it was one of the first deer that my dad and I had got to recover together. He came out with me to look for it, you know, in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that evening I put him in that stand, he ended up seeing a couple bucks and he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to hunt this tomorrow too. Again, last day. Right. And I was like, cool. Like, I'm just going to drive around. I'll process the deer. You know, that's one thing for us. Like we, you know, nuts, the bolts, we do it all. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm in there skinning and. And processing the deer, probably drinking with Kev. And um, it gets, it's like lunchtime. And I think Steve's like, hey, I'm ready to come out. He's at the 80, of course. My dad's like, you know what? I'm just going to stick it out. It was a beautiful day. It was finally, it went from like being in the teens to like 35, 40 for the high. Um, Which compared to like the year before, it's 70 degrees. And, you know, so they decide to stay in. Well, I process that whole deer I, I, like all day. I'm like covered in gut, like blood and guts. I'm ready to leave, and uh, I catch that this is the first time we we'll really have a beat on the big, big nine, giant nine, whatever you want to call him. And I catch him locked down with a doe behind Pine Patch. I feel like I need to interrupt you. <laughs> all this Kansas talks make me feel like I need a Miller High Life. I know. I almost <laughs> picked some up on the on the way back last what night. What are we doing? <laughs> I know. I almost picked some up. We'll get some for the next Kansas talk because that, that's the that's the Kansas. Uh, beer we need of a beer sponsor just mm-hmm. in case anybody's looking to endorse some a little people champagne that are just, uh, beer for the Kansas. Yeah, discussion. We, we get parched. Um, so I'm watching this buck right, and and you know he's locked down with this doe right behind the pine patch stand, 
and um, my I guess Steve calls me and says, "Hey man, I I just hit one, like a big one." Mm. I'm like, "Cool." It's like 4:30. I'm like, How, "You know," and he's like, "Ah, you know, I had to shoot over a, a branch, so I think I hit a little high." And I'm like, "Dude, just hold tight." Like, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't call anybody. Just, like, you got plenty of time. Just hold tight. And, like, I'm talking to him on the phone, and my dad's calling me. And I was like, hey, like, my dad's calling me. So I pick up the phone. My dad's like, hey, just shot one. Like, Holy shit. You know, it's like, here Man, we are. At the, it is the fourth quarter at this point. Yeah. And, like, and so, so I, I think like, your, your dad was pretty confident in his shot. He's like, yeah, he did. He's, he's, like, he's, right like, he's like, man, it, he's like, I saw it just slide right behind the shoulder. Like he was hurting. I thought I saw blood. Um, and I didn't see him leave this little patch uh, in the field. So it's like, I think he's down. Yep. So I told him, I was like, hey, I'll come to you first. Let's go down and at least look at the blood. I called Steve back. I was like, hey, just help, hold tight. Like if anything, come out at dark and we'll go back in. Don't put any pressure on it. So I go meet my dad. And uh, he is in the stand that I'd hunted all week, right? And I'd shot my deer not too far from it when I was out of the stand. And, uh, you know, we sat there for, like, 30 minutes or so. And, like, I could literally see, like, the line of blood, you know, with where it's going. Yeah. And uh, so we're like, okay, hey, let you know, let's start tracking this thing. And we walk, like, I don't know, 20 yards, and he's, like, right there. There he like is. Bed down. Yeah. And it was um, just 130-plus-inch eight-point. Had a really cool split G2. We had a lot of pictures of that deer. That's your dad's first Kansas buck too, right? Yeah. And and it was actually funny because it was the first buck that I've ever, and listen, I've got a biology background, right? First buck that I ever dealt with that didn't have nuts. That's right. The no nut deer. Forgot about that. Right? Like I remember hanging it at Kev's house to skin it and I'm like, where's his balls? <laughs> so what's the consensus on that? Is that, a, is so, that an antler So bell? it is, um, so a couple interesting things. Uh, so it was there. They were there. They were just kind of descend or rescinded internally, right in the descended. system. <laughs> yeah, not descended. Yeah, ascended. Sucked up in there somehow. Yeah, and um, huh. but the interesting thing, uh, a whole different podcast topic, obviously, of Fuzzy Wuzzy. Like he had enough testosterone pumping through his body that he could shed velvet, mm-hmm. that he could shed antlers, um, and that he had a you know. His body wasn't big. Like, we're talking peak yeah. rut in Kansas on a four-year-old buck. Like, he wasn't jacked up, but he had a big enough neck on him. I wonder him. if that deer was rutting, if he would breed deer. I would assume that does. if there was enough testosterone for him to shed out of velvet and stuff, then, yeah, I just don't know how successful he would have been. <laughs> Shooting it. blanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, we get, you know, we're high-fiving, right? I remember FaceTiming the kids and stuff. Yeah, you FaceTime me. Yep. Yeah, because it was like, okay, like let's bring the band back together yep. here. Um, Robert drives the truck down in. We get that deer out. And so I call Steve, and I'm like, hey, man, like where are you? Well, he, he and Marcus are like trumping all over the place looking for this deer already. And I'm like, shit. So we get back to Kez. We all meet up. We go out, and like there's just there wasn't enough blood to find this thing anywhere, right? And so we looked for several hours, and then it was like, hey, this is the last night. We got to process my dad's deer so that because you know uh, anybody's hunted out of state especially in cwd areas you got to know that you've got to skin that thing cape that thing down to a skull cap there are no nervous tissue no spinal tissue no brain tissue nothing you know when you're transporting that deer back uh, across state lines Mm -hmm. so you know we had a long night ahead of us to do that that work so the next morning instead of hunting um obviously my dad and i were tagged out we went back to look for steve's deer in the same area 
and that's where this that's when we found the, the shed huh so literally a full year after i'd hit this buck we walked through an area i was walking through um in a known bedding area right and i look and i'm like huh looks like a shed like looking at my binos i'm like yeah that's definitely well, a shed. and that tells you that we probably walked right past it the guarantee spring prior i walked over and as soon as i saw <clears throat> the antler i'm like you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And we ended up looking at trail cameras later, and we had, this buck showed up on trail cameras with that, that giant knot on his shoulder where yeah. I hit well, him. Well, and he had showed up that year and looked terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, 110-inch deer, you mm -hmm. know. And, again, he's 11 years old at that point, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I found that antler, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, pretty cool. A big uh, reward. Ending to that story. And we've not seen him since, as far as we know. No, I mean, I, probably I have died to assume. At this point, but have to assume that he probably gave in at this point. Um so 19, um, bands back together, right? Um, and, you know. At this, I think at this point we're gaining confidence in some of our public land spots. Yeah, and we did, we did shed hunt in 19 as well. Yeah, right? we shed hunted, and because I remember walking the ants probably for the first time thinking like, man, yes. we got to get down We put here. some major miles on, I think, in 19. Somehow, yeah. Um, and, you know, 19 was one of those years that – again was just was tough mm -hmm. um because we had seen that was the year that i think we really kind of resonated that like you're not either for me you're either it in was them a good year for me you're either in them or you're not and you were in them in 19 yeah. i was not <laughs> well and i think that i mentioned it earlier i think that 19 was kind of the pinnacle of my um my target panic and yeah. I was really struggling with it at that point I'd been shooting a I have a, a wise guy spot hog which is a great release I know I think yep. you still shoot it and yeah, I do. do really well with it but um that year I had also jumped up to 80 pound limbs on my mm -hmm. uh, I've got a Hoyt carbon spider which I love it's an awesome bow but I think that jump from you know 70 to 80 pounds and then also to this release that's got a it's got a really hard wall on it sure you know, there's not a lot of there's no give not a lot of give there's no surprise as to when that thing is going to go off um i think is i guess we'll see um is the reason that i missed two different bucks on this trip mm -hmm. um so i think that the, the ants was kind of I don't know why we decided to break it up that way, but we decided I was going to hunt the ants that year. We had a really and, good place um, up on this that like saddleback. Um, we set up a cell camera in September. It's the first time we had seen that um, that wide seven point. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think too that um, I wanted to just be respectful and give like you and and your dad sure. and I don't. Remember, I think Steve was with us that year too. Yeah, he was. We because um, my dad, I think, went right back to Pine Pinch. Yeah, you uh, know, Pine Patch Stan. And so I wanted to just like kind of give you guys first dibs at the the leases. I mean, yep. you pay for these leases, and so I'm just privileged to come out and hunt Kansas, and so public well, is it's so fine. Nice of you. It's fine by me. Well, and it turned out to be an awesome spot. <laughs> it did, man. Yeah. So we got down. Not an there. easy spot to get to. We had hung this stand in. Um, in September when we yep. went down, I think maybe just you and I went down. We did. You and I went down and we hung this stand and it, to this day, is a great spot. It's still in that tree yep. and we, we may hunt it in the future. But I started hunting this spot and um, we accessed this through a, a pasture. I kind of have to. You know what? We didn't even hang stands in September. I had hung cameras by myself in September. Um because remember, I had put a stand, I had a stand down over the ridge the year before. Was the year before. But we didn't. We ended up. I think you pulled that and and pushed it up during the the season, like when we got there. I think that's the first thing you did when we got there that afternoon. I can't be right. 
I don't think so. Because I remember I, being I think, there I, for cameras no, by we, myself. We went and we walked it. That you, you that was the year prior because you okay. and I went down and looked at that together. Yeah, that's right. And in we, September, yep. and I, I was like, okay, I see why you hung it here. We walked up a little yep. bit and, and we moved that stand. So yep, then when we went right. down in November, I went right into the spot, feeling pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we literally let, let's not sugarcoat it, right? We drove whatever seventeen hours. We get to uh, the house and we're like, man, can't wait to take a power nap and get out. Like yeah, we literally right. put our heads on the pillow <laughs> and I, and all of a sudden my phone's blowing up and I'm like, shooters, like get running your like ass past up, the we're going right Big now. Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like the, it was the Kansas 10 and. Pretty boy. And pretty boy. There was yeah. these two big bucks that ran right past us. I was like, we, we gotta, gotta go. go. We gotta get, we gotta go. right now. Yep. Um, so we got in there, we, we, we all hustled to our spots, you know, and I think the weather was pretty good that week. And so I hunted that spot for two, three days, probably before I got, um, a crack at a buck. I wasn't super familiar with. It was a tight rack. Mm-hmm. Ian, there's cards in that yellow thing. If you need anything too. it was a tight racked, um, tight racked eight point And, uh, that yellow envelope right there on my desk. Yep. That one. I made a. I made a bad shot on that deer. Like I said, I was I was really struggling yeah, with target. That panic. was a weird well in in that deer I mean, you had seen a lot of deer come through that spot, but that deer didn't didn't approach the way those other deer I was had in come. them right away. I was having lots of encounters. We knew that buck with, too. I mean we had good pictures of him down yeah below on the bottom yep. from there. So I was having lots of encounters with like two and three year old bucks and like I was in them. I mean I was like, Man, yeah. here we go. This is Kansas. And that buck, like you said, kind of slipped in behind me and was cutting the inside corner. I, I had anticipated that a deer might come from there, yep. but I wasn't necessarily expecting it. And when he did, I kind of was like, you know, shoot, um, you know, I got to make this thing happen. Yep. And so I turned, I'm facing the tree. I have to throw my hand over the I remember that safety over the line safety to make line. the shot. And I had to duck down and I think it was still like 40 yards. Yep. Um, that deer bled a decent amount too. Well, that's what was weird is I let that arrow fly and that deer turned around, ran off a little bit and kind of looked back as if nothing had happened. Right. And I remember thinking like, that's weird. You know, it's, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell exactly where I had hit him. Right. Um, but he acted like nothing had happened to the point where I actually called at that deer while he was walking away. I was like, I must've missed him. Yeah. I, I think I remember that. I snore wheezed at him, I think. And he would stop and look and like, I thought he almost considered coming back in and then he eventually, you know, worked out of sight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I called you after that and told you what had happened. And I got down, um, I don't know, maybe an hour later or something like that. And, and walked over to the spot. I found, my arrow was laying there, mm-hmm. and I walked over just a bit to where, um, or I was walking down the trail where he had run down. Sure enough, here's some blood. There's a yep. little bit of blood here. Walked a little bit further. There's a lot of blood. Yep. I'm like, dude. So I called you, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of blood here. I remember I walked down there 15, 20 yards. Because he, he went past the camera again, right? Like up on that flat there? Yep. He made about past the camera, which we knew was probably 60 yards from the yep. The stand I was hunting. And so I, I backed out thinking, okay, I got to spend this afternoon, um, you know, potentially trying to recover this deer. There's enough blood here for me to think this is a lethal hit. Right. So that's what we did. We backed out. I think you guys had gotten out that afternoon. I went back in, you know, just ready to blood trail for the rest of the afternoon if I had to. I was going to try to recover this deer. So I got on the blood. Um, I was all by myself because, uh, you know, I wanted you guys to go yeah, back and we keep were hunting. In yeah. Time is of the essence while we're out there, so yep. keep doing what you're doing. I started blood trailing, <clears throat> and I was kind of off and on blood for, you know, probably 100, 150 yards till I hit 
um, a field edge. The this pasture, deer ran yeah. up into a field edge, and I was like, man. This needle in the haystack. Needle in the haystack. I was looking for, you know, um, yeah. pin needle-sized drops of blood at that point. Um, and in hindsight, pretty proud of the effort I put in on sure. that because I did follow that trail clear up and over maybe a quarter of a mile across this field. Yep. And I got down into another thicket where at this point I'm deep into this public. Like it's not accessible. Like if no. you walked, if you walked the way that I walked, you would have busted everything, blew all these deer out of here. But, um, I did eventually, um, I bumped a, a what I'm pretty sure was a big buck initially thought it was the buck that i had jumped i went down there was no no blood, blood in the bed in that in that um bed this is where we find now x marks the spot yep and so i i did keep going into this thicket at this point i'm just checking beds like there's beds everywhere i'm looking for blood in all of them eventually i did bump the buck that i had hit i knew i was done tracking for that night there was just a very little bit of blood in that bed mm. i walked out and all the way back out and around maybe maybe three quarters of a mile from where I had found that little bit of blood yep. on the bed. And I look up on the horizon and sure enough, there's that buck walking from left to right. I remember that. Not far from the aunt's house. Goes back to saying like these deer cover half mile, mile I couldn't plus. believe it. I remember I threw up the binoculars from that spot and I was like, that is absolutely that deer. And he looks totally fine. Yep. Um, and I, I made the decision at that point that the deer was not going to die from that mm -hmm. hit. And, um, I, I don't think he did. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, who knows what it was? I mean, it, leg wound or something. But so nah. that started the journey down into this new spot that I had found, yep. you know, where all these beds were at. The problem with it was, um, there was no way to access it. Like we said. <laughs> um, and so I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. We had, uh, Kev, a good friend of ours, source a kayak locally from oh, yeah. a friend. Yeah. Um, and because there was a river that, um, as far as I could tell, was the only way to get down in this spot. Definitely the cleanest way. Definitely the cleanest way. So we found that we got this kayak. Uh, I found a spot to put in maybe a mile Fortunately up river. for everybody, mm -hmm. I carry uh, a can of Flex Seal pretty much anywhere I go. I'm yep. not sure why, but it's it uh, now you tends know. to be in my truck. Now you know. Uh, and that kayak for sure needed some Flex Seal. So we filled some holes, um, <laughs> loaded the kayak up. I had everything on there. I had my tree stand, my sticks, yep. my bag, my bow. And this isn't a big kayak. Hours. I mean, let's be mm -hmm. honest. This thing is like maybe eight feet long. Yeah, um, no, it's not a big closed kayak. kayak. Yep. You know, and you're a bigger guy, plus all this gear. I remember when we, we launched you um, at the bridge. We were sitting pretty low. You asked me how how you looked, <laughs> and I said, you're fine. I wasn't real sure at the time, but yeah. uh, you were already committed. Well, I was, oh, point. I was so excited about this plan. I was like, man, this is this is why we came to Kansas, yeah. to pull something like this off. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did. We, we put in upriver, a kayak down in there. This was probably the following day. Yeah. Um, I got With in what, there about three days left, maybe in the hunt at maybe, that point. Yeah. Maybe three days left in the hunt enough time. Sure. And, um, so I got all the way down. Uh, I parked the kayak conveniently enough. There's a nice spot to pull it up and park it. Um, I got up, unloaded everything, found what I thought to be the perfect tree. I'm right on this X marks the spot. Mm -hmm. As far as we can tell, knew from the where map. you needed to be. I got the stand in the tree and we started hunting. Um, I think right away, same you as the, deer, right man. away I was in deer and, um, it was maybe the second, it was maybe the second full day, maybe the third, um, that I'd been I think it was, spot. The, it was Thursday cause, or no, it was Wednesday cause Thursday is the last full day we do. And then Friday we leave or something like that. Yeah. So either way, 
same as before we're sticking them out full days yeah i mean it's a heck of a hike to get back in there so yeah and uh it was one o'clock in the afternoon that this deer we knew as pretty boy came trotting right down in a fence line from seemingly nothing he just kind of appeared i was on the phone with margie yeah, just kind of telling her that i was just checking in i yeah. said hey it's one o'clock you know it's, things are kind of slow it'll pick up this afternoon or whatever and, and here he comes um, I threw the phone down, I picked my bow up, and I wasn't sure which way he was going to go yet, um, but he ended up jumping the fence right in front of me into what I now know was 20 yards. I thought he was 30 yards, and I'm pretty sure my uh, my dial was set to like just past 30 yards mm-hmm. um, from from the buck sure. a few days before. Right. Um, and I remember thinking if he's at 30 you know, I'll be fine. I'll yep. be fine. Like I'll hit maybe just a touch high, but he was 10 yards closer than that. And um, it happens fast, man. I mean, that deer was on you. Like, it happened really, like fast. it happened really fast. And I mean, not making excuses, but, and I had been dealing with the target panic. So I intentionally held a little bit high. Well, that's what I was going to say. Per even two years before you consistently were shooting low on deer. So that's, yeah. that's weighing in the back of your head. In fact, I think we thought you shot low on that other deer. I definitely did. So I think like, it was a low heart it's just hit. sitting in the back of your head and any bow hunter knows that feeling that it's like, you just like, I've done it after I shot that, uh, this deer right now I'm like, I'm cheating away from that shoulder, which is probably going to cause me to hit back. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's nothing you can do as a bow hunter there. You're trying, your mind is trying to, you know, play a game that doesn't need to exist to compensate for something that is mechanically wrong or panic stricken wrong. So the deer jumped the fence. Um, you know, I, I had my, my range stuff figured out in my, in my head, or at least I thought I did. I held a little high and I I stopped that deer and he stopped and looked at me for one second. And then he, and he put his head back down and kept going. And I remember being afraid to stop him again. Yeah. This deer is going to freak out. Um, and so I let it fly while he was walking and it, I skipped it, you know, right off the top of his shoulder blades. I, I do think that it got under his skin, um, like maybe an inch or two, but uh, not, not this is probably I, what mid one fifties at that time we were thinking maybe yeah. pu- pushing one six, maybe pushing one six biggest deer I've ever shot at at that point. Yeah. And I remember, um, thinking instantly, not a dead deer, not a lethal shot. When you, you ended heart, up seeing him again, right? At some point, yeah. chasing does. Yeah. So my heart sank. I I, I called Margie right back because I was on the phone with her. I yeah. said, "Hey, I I just I blew, blew it. I just blew it. <laughs> you blew it. I just totally whiffed on this deer." And um, I think I called you there shortly after. And uh-huh. so at that point, it was we were getting close to you know some better no. hours of the day. I was like, "I'm just gonna stick it out. That deer's out, not yeah. dead." Uh, I did get down. I walked over, probably got my arrow. There was no blood on it. Um, and it was probably two or three hours later that I look up across the thicket that he had disappeared into, and here he comes back. Um, yep. You know, he didn't even phase him. You know, this is a mid-November buck, and he's mature. He's probably five, five-year-old buck Brains at that on point. the doe. So, and here he came back. And I, I ended up watching him for the rest of the night until dark. I got down. That deer was still, like, within earshot. Mm. And um, I think... That was the end of kind of the encounters with. Uh, that was in the end of 2019. I mean, we. It was 2019. Nobody, nobody came home with a deer. I had another close encounter out of that stand, yeah, not, which is what's that was that which was is literally what, the the end of the game. Right, it was the very last night, and that deer ended out. up walking 15 yards from my stand. Yep. Um, it, it was just too dark. Too dark. It was just too dark. 
Yeah. And yeah, and that, that kind of ended 19. I mean, a lot of encounters, um, you know, frankly, on my side, it's almost a blur. Like, I don't even remember. I think I hunted Roberts a lot in 19, saw a lot of young bucks. I think maybe saw one shooter coming in a chase, you know, but it was truly you were either in them or you weren't. It was, it was weird. I kind of felt bad because yeah. I was in them. I was just in them. Um, yeah. And you and your dad, I remember, were struggling to have encounters. They just weren't moving where you yeah. were at. Yeah. But that's the rut. So I think one thing that I'd like to do is, um, you know, this kind of leads us into 2020. And, and the unfortunate thing on 2020 is like uh, pandemic hits, right? World essentially shuts down. No, no shed hunting for 2020. That's right. Um, you know, we had some other complicated, I mean, so Margie and I bought a business, yeah. um, early in 2020. So between that and the pandemic, I took over full ownership of Stone Road in 2020. So had a lot of like life stuff happened and then we just didn't make it out there. Yeah. Didn't, so we didn't, we didn't go out for, um, shed hunting. We didn't go out and set stands cause we went to North Dakota as talked about on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. So literally we're walking into the third week of November and it's been a year since we've been there, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, we fortunately have connections down there that can get some cameras running. But, you know, I would say out of anything, it was probably the least prepared Kansas season that we've we've had. And, in, and at this point, it's just me, you and my dad. Yeah. And we're just going off of history. I think we've, you know, felt pretty good about a few of these stands. And so it's we knew where we're going. Mm-hmm. But you're right. We were blind. Yeah. And so, you know, the fortunate thing was, you um, from the year prior uh, and during the season, you know, we had reset cameras in the ants mm-hmm. uh, at the flat mm-hmm. uh, and in a couple other places that, you know, batteries died at some point during the year, you know, but we had some data there, not a lot. Um, you know, we had, we had data from our leases. So we knew that uh, the giant nine had made it through, um, which, you know, looking back at those images, very close to being a 170 inch deer. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew that there were several other deer that were in that that high 140s, low 150s range. I don't think we were real worried about it. We felt good about our spots. We, we knew there would be deer the there. Yeah, and I mean, again, and I know we talked about this at some point, but like, think about you know any other place. It's like, hey, you know, I need to know that deer made it through. We literally had no information for a full year that pretty boy had made it through, but you committed to that spot anyways. Yeah. Right. You just said, I'm going to hunt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, highs and lows, like in, you're either in them or not. Um, I think this year the weather killed us big time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I basically, it, it pretty much pure dumb luck, right? I, I go into a spot that we didn't even hunt. I think in 2019, I may have sat, I did set that stand one time. I tried to kill super six out of it. Um, but other than that, I mean, we, we never hunted that stand the first morning. I, I remember, I know Ian's got clips of this and probably catch it on our YouTube. I remember sitting there talking to you in the morning and I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to go to the flat cause there's a bunch of acorns down there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Who knows? Um, and I remember being so pissed off because I had walked into there with, I was self-filming. Mm-hmm. And so I had the black magic that weighs, I don't know, eight pounds. I got my camera <laughs> arm. I've got my bow. I've got my bag. I've got just so much gear. I'm sweating my butt off. And I get in there and it's not too long before daybreak, you know, and I'm just thinking like, what an idiot. Like, cause this is really the, I won't say that it's the first, um, hunt for Hunter because we had filmed some hunts before then, 
but like this was the first one where like hey man we really got to make something happen here yeah um but it also was when i was kind of like yeah that sucks like i don't want to carry this gear and you know anybody that's self-filmed has been there it's it's a pain in the ass yeah and like as i'm like cussing myself out like it's dead quiet and i hear something and like look behind me and i'm like oh there's a deer like right there and i'm like a pattern here (laughs) first morning again in kansas right first morning first thing and like you know and i'm like oh okay like uh, i think it's a buck and it starts getting closer and i'm like oh shit like that's that's a big buck Mm -hmm. you know and it turns out to be one of these 10 points that we had on the leases um and again not trying to like justify like hey you're on on public yeah we don't hunt with corn because we do like again i'm in a corridor there's acorns there's no corn like we're we're hunting public ground here yeah it's just being in the right space at the right time and literally that deer walks underneath the stand to the point like i think you could see from the over the shoulder camera that i'm like shooting straight down yeah um and put a great shot on a deer and and i mean what a way to kick off the 2020 yep well we, we had good trip. weather going into the start of the trip and we did and that that day was i think what we considered to be the best it was weather probably day. the best weather day and it just yeah it, it, it tailed off from there i hate saying like oh, i was pretty anticlimactic but like we got that done um you know we celebrated over over your deer and then uh it the week kind of fizzled out i mean your dad and i had a few more encounters and stuff but it was just warm and, yeah. and it left us you know really wanting um to the point where i considered going back a few times in december and, and again never well we had never caught so those many, weather breaks and stuff. we had so many deer on camera um right after i think when the weather finally turned right uh and my dad and i had seen a, a really nice 10 point we called dagger buck had this big dagger come out he ended up showing up on a lease there was rumors of a giant that was running around there still haven't seen that we had the big nine a new big nine show up which was a seven point you had seen last year yep you know, and so there was all this anticipation after the hunt, but yeah, it, it, it kind of, you know, it comes on so fast and it goes away even faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'd like to say that we've got a ton of stories to talk about for 2020. Like we do some of these other seasons. Uh, we don't like it, it really fizzled out to where, you know, I know I filmed my dad and we, we were grinding it out. You and Pat were grinding it out, you know, and none of us really had that great of experiences beyond that first day yeah i think i missed a coyote i saw another you know not a really high score on four-year-old buck that i would have considered shooting for sure towards the end but never gave me the opportunity and you I, moved back on the other lease i think what was it the last day and saw a couple up-and-comers that that's right. are exciting at the very end of the trip i jumped over pat and i did to robert's bottom yeah. again where i killed that eight point and where you and your dad had killed mm-hmm. um two years prior and we had not seen anything on there we or did the have a camera prior. running but they're we didn't hunt it because it didn't seem like there was anything over yeah. there. And saw some saw a really nice three year old down there and had a cool encounter with a couple nice two year old bucks that came yep. right on. And, and so that was a good way to end the trip. But yeah, really just kind of flatlined. And so you know the the exciting part is is here we are. Uh, we're filming this podcast at the end of January. We are probably what four weeks out before we step foot back in Kansas for shed season. Yeah. Um, we had a ton of deer. Uh, I mean, I still have cell cameras on right now. I've got a ton of bucks kicking up on there that are still holding, uh, a lot of antlers that I would love to get our hands on and, and see and find. Yeah. And I'm super, I'm so excited for that. Cause I think that, you know, getting out and shed hunting these places is like one of maybe three times a year we get to go out and, and just, 
um, be there. Yeah, we learn something um, every time we shed hunt too, and I it mean, really has become such a critical part of the story. Huge. You know, pieces, you know, things like this antler sitting here on the desk, and um, you know, um, just the antlers that we find, the new spots that we get onto in the spring and end up hunting um, when the time comes is just it's really a cool way to elongate the season and for sure. us to feel like um, you know we're a part of it. Yeah, so, you know, that's something that we've got here to look forward to. And, you know, Kansas is always uh, a special place, I think, in in all of our minds throughout the season. You know, it's something that we start talking about, you know, the moment that it ends of coming back next year. And, you know, hopefully we all draw this year, knock on wood, you know, and and have a successful 2021 season. We'll kick that off here in a few weeks. Um, You know, who knows, maybe do a remote podcast from Kansas and – you know, be able to tie that all together. But, um, yeah, no, we, we appreciate everybody kind of listening here to, to episode two, as you can tell, Jared and I are, are pretty passionate when we get into these stories and, and you can see clear back to 2013, we have a ton of history in these States. And, and again, that's kind of hitting at home, but this is, this is really what Hunter is about. Like we're not walking onto a property, um, you know, shooting a deer and, and that's it. Like we build history. We, we, we learn more and more every time that we're on these properties. Um, and there's a lot of things that we, we don't do right. Right. You hear all the mistakes, the, the hit deer, the missed deer, you know, it all happens as part of being a bow hunter. Um, but it's what we live for at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Heck yeah, man. It's a lot to, uh, it's a lot to stomach too. I mean, that's, if you're starting in 13, I mean, that's almost eight years that we just kind of brain dumped into a podcast here, but I hope that, I hope that there's, um, some cool stories that came out of it. Certainly it's brought back some memories for me. That's got me re-energized to get back there in a couple of weeks to, you know, start it over again. And for sure. And one thing, um, Ian, we'll probably, uh, work on is let's try to pull some of these Kansas clips out and, uh, serve them out on our social media. Just, you know, if anybody wants to dig by far, go to our YouTube channel and check it out. But let's try to pull some of these things out and tie them, tie them back in. And I love that we figured that out today. I mean, in in the future, we'll figure out some, uh, we're still figuring out like all the technical aspects of this. Hey, we've taken a big step here. I mean, we got mic stands, we got got lights, you know. So if if in the future, man, we can find a way to get, uh, you know, video and sound on some of these old clips. I love reliving some of that. And it's, I think, a great opportunity for us to recap and even refresh ourselves on what really happened. Oh, God, I livered them. Oh, God. All right, guys, we appreciate it. We'll catch you next time on uh, the Hunter Podcast. See you guys. It's taking me. Oh.